Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, you probably know that video games are big business and esports are even bigger business. Video games played for entertainment with a huge amount of money at stake. How do we improve at something where we're just using our hands and our minds? Well, we turn to science, of course, and at the Esports Science Research Lab in Lero at the University of Limerick, they're doing just that and trying some rather experimental research to see if they can improve the performance of video game players within their competitions. Our guest uh, is Adam Toth. He's a manager of the Esports Science Research uh, Centre in Lero. Uh, Adam, I, I shouldn't call them video game players, should I? We are calling, are they, are, would you say esports athletes or is that pushing it a bit too far? No, I I definitely think esports athletes is a is a correct term, especially when you watch these players at the highest level. So visualize this for me. So you're you're talking about people who play video games. What sort of video games are, you, are they talking about? What sort of um, competitive performances are we talking about? And why is that something um, that requires scientific research? Yeah, absolutely. So the types of video games that we're focusing on in our esports science research lab at Lero, the um, SFI Research Centre for Software, are typically action video games. So these are really high-paced video games that have dynamic visual stimuli that require really fast and coordinated um, responses from from the players. Would I know any of these video games? I'm a video gamer myself. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Call of Duty, okay. um, League of Legends, uh, Dota 2, those, those types of games uh, are perfect examples. Okay, so um, shooters where you're a, you're, you might be a soldier and there's, you're playing against other other players who may also be trying to kill you and you have to figure out your way. For example, that's Call of Duty. Sure, right sure, there. yeah. Those so, types of games fall under that category. I, yeah. I have played um, at, you know, at these games and I realise you do require a huge amount of both dexterity and decision-making to be able to, to do well in them. I fail miserably at this. But take us through actually the stress or the, the load on, on, on the brain of someone who's, who's doing one of these games. Like what sort of athletics is their brain doing? We in the Esports Science Research Lab term gamers as cognitive athletes, so there's a really high cognitive demand imposed on players by the video games. And we see from the scientific literature that those who play action video games in particular um, fairly regularly tend to score higher on clinical tests of cognition, so tests of attention, information processing, um, memory, for example. Um, yeah, so really fascinating. And it, the, presumably we, ha- we can't yet find a causal relationship. There's a correlation there, but we don't know if, that, if necessarily those smart people are drawn to video games or video games enhances their cognitive ability, or, or do we have an answer to that? I'd say, I'd say the answer is a little bit tenuous at the minute. A lot of the research would be more correlational. So you're looking at habitual action video gamers compared to, say, a non-video gaming population. Um, but there is some research out there that has looked longitudinally at gamers playing either 2D or 3D games and actually seeing changes uh, structurally in the, ba- in the brain. So, for example, with memory, playing a 3D um a 3D video game actually helps with 3D spatial memory and actually enlarges or um, helps grow neurons in the part of the brain that's important for memory, the hippocampus. What's your area of research and what are you hoping to study in these esports athletes? Yeah, so my background is largely in neuroscience and biomechanics and I really get a lot of fulfillment applying my areas of research to understand how to enhance human performance and whether that's from 
a healthy perspective or from a rehabilitation perspective. And when we look at esports, it's the kind of thrust of the lab is understanding everything that we can about health and performance for esports. So um, let's talk about performance first, because I was really struck by the uh, research that came out of uh, DARPA, the defense agency in the States, uh, a number of years back, sort of a sort of a, uh, a clandestine organization at times that does research to try and improve outcomes um, for its various military arms. And one of the things that really struck me was that they were looking at using transcranial direct stimulation to improve the performance of snipers in the field and mm-hmm. snipers as they train. And the idea uh, is to pass an electric current through the brain while they're learning. And this was thought to perhaps aid performance. Is this what you're looking to do with video game athletes? Yeah, that's exactly what we have done um, in one of our one of our recent papers. So we were looking at um, performance of players in the game um, Counter Strike Global Offensive, and we were looking at a um, kind of a target acquisition type type task, a very kind of highly complex motor task that that is displayed by the gamers within the game, and we were looking at um, a can we differentiate the performance of elite players or novice players on that skill and kind of quantify that. But then we also had these players come in over the course of five days and train on the task. And we were looking at the rates of improvement in performance. And what we found was that when a group of participants wore our bespoke headset that uh, elicited this brain stimulation, and we had a group that were wore the headset, but it was never turned on. It was like a placebo group. And they trained for the same amount of time. What we saw is that the neurostimulation uh, accelerated or sped up the improvements in performance on that skill. So both groups improved because they practiced over the course of that week, but the brain stimulation group um, improved by about 10% more. So that's fascinating to me. But take me through the the, the theory and also the, the, the mechanics. So what is the headset? And, and I mean, how do you know... W- w- the, the pathway that the electricity is taking because my understanding is you can't you can't draw a path through the brain and say go here it's quite a crudish tool to pass electricity through the brain right where does it go and how does this headset work yeah it is a little bit it's been it's been fairly well mapped um, to date but basically it's a, it's like kind of like a battery you have an anode and a cathode um, that you that you'd place on on the head and the anode typically, um, I guess to take it maybe a little bit further back is obviously we know that brains communicate electri- electrically. That's yeah. kind of the communication of the brain. And what we're doing here is we're modulating the activity or the neural activity of the neurons in certain areas of the brain, depending on where we place the electrodes. Right. So for motor tasks, we're placing the electrodes over the part of the brain that controls movement. So what we're doing is we are, with the anode and cathode, we are enhancing or exciting the neurons um, associated with movement just a little bit more. We're making it more easy for them to communicate so that when we're going through and learning a task and as the neurons that are associated with performing the task successfully communicate more, um, those neurons are the, that wire together or communicate together. They'll start to wire together uh, more strongly. So this kind of idea of what fires together, wires together, this pr- kind of well-known principle in neuroscience. So the idea is that if we can enhance the activity of those neurons using brain stimulation and make it easier for the neurons to communicate with each other, they'll wire together more strongly and that will speed up the rate at which we can learn tasks. 
that's crazy to me. But um, do do we understand what's um, what the the risks are with something like this? Um, because there, there are stories of people on the internet getting this horribly wrong. Um, uh, what is the the load of electricity that you're using, and how do you? I mean, how do you ensure safety when you're passing electricity through someone's brain? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the device that we're using is actually an FDA-approved device. Um, the currents that we're passing to affect the the underlying neurons are really small. So we're talking kind of one one-thousandth or two one-thousandths of a milliamp. So really, really small levels of current. And if you think about it, we're, we're not actually even turning the neurons on. So if you think of like the neurons like um, like a sink full of water. And as you start to input onto that sink, you start to add water into it until it spills over the edge, and then it'll the water will spill out somewhere else and activate something else, right? All we're doing is we're just raising the water level a little bit. So we're just making it a little bit easier for them to get turned on naturally. We're not physically turning on the neurons You're themselves. You're sort of priming them to exactly. be ready to fire exactly. when they need to fire, rather than firing themselves. Exactly. Okay. And so... I mean, if you're listening, if you just joined us, you're listening to Future Proof on News Talk, where we're speaking to Adam Toth. He's from uh, the University of Limerick, and he uh, is talking to us about his experiment in which he is using a device that you put on your head and pass an electric current through the brain to improve the performance of esports uh, athletes, which just sounds like such a 2022 sentence, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> um, so, uh, do you get to image the brain while this is happening? Can you see? Um, what's going on, or are you just assuming that these connections are being made, and you're talking about the, you know, priming them to fire? How do you know that that's what's happening? Um, are you imaging the brain in real time? So in that study, we weren't imaging the brain in real time, but we're leveraging existing research that has been done, um, where they have imaged the brain and actually looked at the cortical activations that are happening during neurostimulation to know that there's actually something happening with the neurons there, um, and then based on our knowledge of brain anatomy, we can be fairly confident in where we're placing the headset to know that we're stimulating over the correct region. Um, and then we're leveraging that existing research to know that the level of current that we're applying over that part of the brain is is likely having an effect. So obviously for, for people who play these games professionally, it is their career um, and they, they make an enormous amount of money from it. So they want to do as well as possible. Um, but there are other applications of this technology that you're testing, which is um, insurgents. Can you tell us about that work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, ironically enough, off the back of a radio interview that we were doing, speaking about the, the research in esports, some of our colleagues in the Assert Center in UCC, um, the medical center there, were interested in seeing if neurostimulation could actually enhance the motor performance of surgeons and help them learn surgical skills and surgical techniques at a faster rate. Um, so that really intrigued us, and that kind of started the collaboration um, with the group down there. And we just have we have a, a study that we've done now that's under review where we had novice surgical trainees, same thing, where they came in, and over the course of five days, they trained and were allocated to one of two groups. So we had a neurostimulation group or a, a sham or placebo group. And we were able to see that the brain stimulation over and above the effect of the training had a 5% added benefit um, on the completion time, um, the amount that the instruments moved, and also the smoothness with which the novice surgeons moved um, the instruments. So there was not only a time benefit there, but a movement efficiency. Okay. And, and I suppose that that's, of course, really useful in surgery because you need to be very precise. Five and 10% may sound like not, not an enormous thing, but in science, that's quite a 
um, a reasonable improvement and this is just the beginning right so tweaking this this technique um building on it could lead to better performance talk to me about the work that you're um doing with golfers my background is in neuroscience and biomechanics, um, where I did my PhD in, in Canada at the University of Guelph. And again, just because I, I get a lot of fulfillment out of studying human performance, um, golf is a big passion of mine. So understanding how golfers swing the club and move um, and how we can help them move more efficiently and become better golfers is really interesting to me. So biomechanics is kind of the study of human movement. Um, so applying biomechanics there to try and understand golfers better um, is uh, and really so what, interesting to me. What do, you, what do you do to do that? How do you measure that? There's a number of techniques that we use, but typically we'll use 3D motion capture and then also um, force plates on the ground to look at kind of the, the ground reaction forces that golfers um, impart on the, uh, on the ground as they're swinging. And uh, there's probably quite a lot of that research happening across the world. What's different about your research? One of um, my biggest interests is not just in how golfers swing the club, but how that relates to the equipment that they use. So not only are we looking at the, the kinematics or the biomechanics of the golfer, but we're looking at the interaction between the golfer and their equipment to try and also enhance how equipment is fit to golfers. Okay, very interesting. What's your handicap? Um, six at the minute. <laughs> That's not bad. Six isn't bad. Yeah, trying wow. to trying to bring it back down. All right. right. Uh, really interesting speaking with you, Adam Toth, uh, manager of esports science research in Lero at the University of Limerick, the SFI Research Centre. Thanks for your time, uh, Adam. Thanks, Jonathan. It's really cool that they have figured out that this particular method of stimulation works for all sorts of different types of tasks from you know, training snipers, surgeons, and even um, esport athletes. It'd be Really interesting to see how many more fill that list and whether or not we'll all be wearing these caps, passing a gentle current through our brain to improve how we stack up Excel spreadsheets in the future. <laughs> Dystopian idea, isn't it? Um, now, before we go, a quick mention of our Future Proof live audience show. We're going to be recording an episode on Wednesday in TU Dublin, the Grange Gorman campus Tickets are free. It's happening Wednesday coming in the evening. We would love to see you there because we have a great show planned where we're going to be talking about infinite possibilities. That's the theme of Science Week 2022. Please join us. Newstalk.com forward slash events. Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on Newstalk. Newstalk.